Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. Uh, we, we've got a powerful show for you today. I'm on the road, it seems like as usual, so not in the studio, but we'll be back in the studio soon. We have Steve Bannon with us today, who's going to talk about uh, Brian, Governor Brian Kemp's trip to Davos and uh, why he did that and uh, everything that happened there. So you won't want to miss that. We've got Holly Ture, who's from No Left Turn in Education, and she's going to give their reaction to the Project Veritas reveal this week. Again, shocking information that every Georgian ought to know. And we've also got uh, Go Reclaim Georgia. They're going to talk to us again about the convention coming up. So really a packed show. So uh, buckle up. Um, this is going to be a good one. So before we get started, uh, we need your help. Uh, CDM and, jo and the Georgia Record are at the tip of the spear in this fight for uh, freedom and to save the republic. We don't uh, take any instructions from anyone. We're not supported by anyone but our audience. And it's, it's, we're not, we haven't signed contracts that we can't talk about certain things. So we tell the truth and we have been attacked for that. We've been deplatformed as of last count, I think 25 Silicon Valley platforms. Uh, we've had death threats. We've had our bank accounts wiped. So um, we've been attacked across the board, but we're still fighting. In fact, we just sued uh, the Washington Post, Reuters, Associated Press, and, and the BBC with uh, Bobby Kennedy and Gateway Pundit and others. So we are going to have some legal expenses. So I'm asking for your help. I would ask that you go to our site and sign up for our no-ad subscriptions. You don't just get the Georgia record. You get all of our papers across the country. You get Armed Forces Press, uh, Manhattan, Connecticut, uh, Miami. Uh, you get our Eastern European news, our new site, the Balkan, where if you're familiar with the Balkan Peninsula in Europe, it's, it's a flashpoint for World War I, et cetera. And uh, it's been a, 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 a problem throughout history. So um, please help us out and sign up for that. Pay us a few bucks a month and help us in this fight. If you don't want to do that, just give us a donation. There's a button on the site and, uh, you, can, and you can find us there. So uh, please support us because we need your help. We're not getting help from anyone else. I'm waiting on our first guest to arrive, but I, I, while we're waiting, I think I'm going to just go ahead and I talked with Steve Bannon recently, uh, a couple days ago, about Brian Kemp's trip to Davos and what that was about, why he did it, and what Kemp's reactions were. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now. I think you'll find it really, really entertaining. So when they write the history books of the Second American Revolution in the early 21st century, uh, Steve Bannon will probably be one of the founder, founding fathers, I should say. Steve, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming. By the way, th thank you so so much for those kind of words. But I'm I'm far I'm far from that. I'm just a guy trying to get it done every day. But well, your your show is, is your your show is really impactful, and it, it is uh, uniting the, the 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 community, if you will, to to really engage and 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 make this happen. So thank you for that from from our side of the football. So. Um, you know, in Georgia, let's say Brian Kemp wasn't really proactive in, in getting to the bottom of the election fraud in 2020. Uh, we the the primary is that, is that a, a CD <laughs> media no so is that a CD media scoop? <laughs> I, I don't think it's a all scoop. The, all the press, stop. We got a war room scoop. We're going to break here. Is that true? Is that true? <laughs> I, I think it is. Uh, and, and if you look at the primary, you know, he won by something like 70 percent, which was ridiculous. Raffensperger never went below 51. We polled twice in Georgia. He was first around 30, off, first 38. Off, first off, first mm -hmm. off. Raffensperger up in, I think, in, in Georgia, 14 and 9. And correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, those are the ones up in the, up in the, I don't think he was ever below 59. That's impossible. 
Yeah. It's yeah. mathematically impossible. They can try to put a lot of stuff on, on me about Atlanta and Fulton County and all that. But I look at the hardest core Trump areas, sending guys like uh, Andrew Clyde, uh, the former naval officer and the gun store owner and MTG to Congress with overwhelming majorities. And you're telling me that a guy that not just stood by, but did everything, I think, to counter Trump's clear victory in Georgia in, yeah. in 2020 is uh, is um, is, uh, you know, just ridiculous. So, no, they got a system that works for them that keeps the moneyed interest and the, and the globalist interest in um, in Atlanta. And, and by the way, and Kemp, to, to his credit, on certain things, which I call important, Mm-hmm. But the shiny toys, I mean, he did he did a he was every bit as good in certain aspects as DeSantis. Yes, when exactly. Start, when you didn't start talking about the things that really matter, like we got to get these elections right or they're just going to be selections. He was not just AWOL. I mean, he was and remember, he was secretary of state. He's part of the he's part of the problem. And I think you saw right. this personified in Davos. I mean, he was it's for your audience that hasn't maybe kept up to the details. He was invited to Davos for one reason and to talk about election deniers. Now, he went over there all puffed up and he was going to talk about Georgia business and get business for Georgia and, and, and Atlanta as an international city and all this. But they had him on this panel for one reason, to talk about the, quote unquote, extremist anti-democratic forces that deny the election. And uh, that's why he went there. And to me, the he tried to slip out of it. But it was I, I thought it was humiliating. I thought it was humiliating for the people of Georgia. Well, uh, and now you've got Raffensperger trying to put the the uh, voter registration rolls in Georgia in the cloud with Salesforce, which the guys on the board of the, the WEF. Um, so um, all of that combined, what should, you know, you're talking to a Georgia audience right now on the Georgia show. What should the people of Georgia do? I mean, they're involved at the local level, but you've got massive pushback from the party, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But what what should the the, the deplorables in Georgia? I would do like I would like to be able to you know like in many of these things, I like to be able to wave a magic wand, and mm-hmm. I think where the precinct strategy has really gotten traction in in Georgia. But folks have to have to I think understand something, particularly in the South, places mm-hmm. like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, the old boy now the the uh, the business interests have a lock a absolute lock on the republican party and they're just mm-hmm. not going to give it up that's why it's going to be a long tough fight when you do the precinct mm-hmm. strategy everybody in your audience and they've had so many great warriors down there in georgia people that have mm-hmm. been interviewed on cnn you're not embraced in fact the people who like you less uh, are not democrats it's actually the republican establishment you and you know this by going to these county committees, you know, by going to the state party, it's been a fight down in Georgia. It's been a yeah. fight now for a couple of years. What I would say is that I think we're winning this fight big time, but you got to, what they want to do is depress you and, and, and a fear that it's not worth your time and you're just going to go away. That's how the establishment's always done it. Just make it so difficult to make change that eventually you just give up and go away. And I think tenacity, stick to you understand the issues. You understand what has to happen. You understand what has to happen to save the country. And, and the perfect example, you know, as beloved, so below. What's happening in Georgia right now is exactly what's happening at a national level on the debt ceiling debate, yeah. right? You're on the debt ceiling debate, and it's uh, it's it's so it's all part of the whole same cloth, and you're just going to have to fight it. And uh, look, I think things could have been different 
in uh, the primaries, even with their control of the apparatus, that you know certain of the candidates were not exactly inspiring in the primaries to take mm -hmm. on this team. And and the, the folks in Georgia, I'm sure, are going to work this out over time. But I would just say you have to stay with it. If you don't stay with it, and the establishment doesn't want, you, they're going to make it so difficult and uncomfortable and time consuming to make it that uh, that you're just going to, you know, they they want you to give up. So I, I just listened to your uh, really interesting interview with Rona uh, on the War Room, uh, several segments. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of platitudes. But in Georgia specifically, the party is literally, and, and many would say against, you know, Georgia code, stopping the deplorables from coming into the party. They just had, or they're in the middle of their call for the convention, and it's not going by the letter of the law, put it that way. They're trying not even let people know there's going to be a convention. And, and we've been all over this. So um, how does the Georgia citizen uh, fight back against that kind of corruption? I think, uh, you know? first off, this was, Rana's talking about a unity mm -hmm. coming together. And you saw this in Arizona, I think even more than, than Georgia. It's below the surface. In Arizona, it's on the global stage. Yeah. Um, the, business in, the business and economic interest in, uh, in these states that are that are you know consider themselves Republican or the old Republican Party have no interest in working class people or middle class people coming in and actually having a control of of their party. They don't. Mm -hmm. so there's no. There can't be unity there. We should be spending time increasing the Trump movement, increasing that working class base, increasing that middle class base, and we can do that with with topics like uh, parents' rights and so many things that are happening right now in the economics of things. But that's why it's a false. I think it's a false narrative to say you're very unity. It's not unite, and it's it shows up in that in Georgia they don't want a big turnout. You know, no, they don't get the word out. They don't because it's about money and power and control. That's the equation. So um, it's uh, you, you see that, and they have no interest in expanding it. This is why I asked her. And look, I try not to be too confrontational. You yeah, know? I get it. I get it. Yeah, I'm not supposed to do an interrogation. But I think the questions, on certain the questions she didn't have great answers for, like particularly in Arizona with, with Karen Robeson and these people had no interest in, uh, in supporting uh, Carrie Lake. And there was, no, uh, there was no carrot and stick to get them to support Carrie Lake because they'd rather have Hobbs in there because as much as they don't like the social issues of Hobbs, mm -hmm. they'll work around the business issues. The same thing you see in Georgia and particularly a city like Atlanta, which is a international business, globalist business hub. So uh, the, we've done a lot of reporting on the CCP involvement, especially in North Atlanta and in the, the tech centers. Uh, you know, one of our reporters was actually threatened, had, you know, CCP operatives following her around, photographing her children. The FBI literally came to her house and they, they traced it back to Tiananmen Square. So that is a thing. Um, but, you know, you had your guy on about the new founding and, and the building the not really an alternative economy, but a an economy, an American economy of new businesses. I mean, that's what we're involved in. But um, talk to me about that. I mean, you're building a new media, uh, you know, empire. Is that is that a realistic thing we can do in the face of this I massive don't think power? You have a choice. It's yeah. it's, it's you know um, uh, the mother of necessity, right? Yeah, we have to yeah. do it. And I think I think the conversation today gets this shift from a parallel economy which we have been helping, you know, most of the sponsors we have are part of a parallel economy 
to shift the discussion to a new American economy. This yeah. is why Davos was so, so important. This is what Kemp went over there for. Yeah. What they're talking about on the surveillance state and the total control of everything is absolutely what, uh, you know, why he was in Davos. And uh, and, th and that is front and center every day. This is why we bring Joe Allen in. Remember, mm -hmm. the core basis of this is transhumanism. And, uh, and, 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 and they're in your face. You're not a conspiracy theorist because they're presenting this. This is why we always start each segment on Davos with actually what they are telling the audience. And, right. and, and as you know, uh, Todd, uh, it is a merger of uh, uh, venture capital, private equity, hedge funds. The capital is there to promote these new ideas. And the ideas couldn't be more in your face. They, they, you've seen this from the vaccines and the pandemic and the lockdowns and the Great Reset and Build Back Better. It's all of a piece. And now they're going actually next level. They think they've been stopped or thwarted on certain areas. They're going to take other areas. And this is why climate change was such a big deal there, why um, mental health was such a big deal there. And particularly the underpinnings of virtually all that were artificial intelligence and how artificial yeah. intelligence informs all this. And so, yes, I think it's incumbent upon us. We gotta, we're going to have to form a new American economy. And it's part of the, what we got to do. Look, the work that we have in front of us is a pretty uh, monumental. But that's why we're Americans. We've done this. Exactly. We've won a revolution. We won in the Civil War. Uh, we won in World War II through the Great Depression. In the three big inflection points, America came out uh, better and at the next level. Right. And uh, and um, it, it, we can do it here. We have to do it here. It's very simple. In this fourth turning, uh, it, it's going to be one of two things. Uh, we're going to win or the other side is going to win. And if we the only way we can bequeath a constitutional republic predicated, predicated on homo sapiens right, is uh, made in the image and likeness of God is that we have to win. If, if you saw today, I think on our show, when we actually had the, the female professor from Duke laying out the yeah. future of, of Neuralink or Neuralink type companies, a chip in a brain for total monitoring and that you have a better interface because on the factory floor in the new work environment, you have an easier interface between humans, quote unquote, robots and artificial intelligence. That was her pitch. And, and remember, she's laying out the future and your venture capitals are there. Uh, uh, private equity is there. The hedge funds are there. The guy's going to buy stocks from the public. All the big banks are there. This is what the future they're laying out the future and they couldn't have done it in more detail or I think laid out a more dystopian future for mankind than what they did at Davos. They're very arrogant about it. You can almost see a Pavlov dog response if the guy thinks the wrong thing on the assembly line. He gets a zap. You know, I mean, that that could easily happen. So let's let's change gears for a minute. You're a former naval officer. You know, I, I was in the military. We've been very working very hard with your daughter and, and others in this group called STARS to fight the vaccine mandates. It finally got dropped. But I am very big on holding these military officers accountable who got involved and pushed this, uh, you know, deadly substance into our servicemen and women. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it's actually deeper than that. And I think mm -hmm. you do probably the best job. And I, I will say this, given my love and appreciation for West Point, for Mo mm -hmm. having gone there, mm -hmm. I didn't go to a service academy. I was mm -hmm. uh, I was a 90 day wonder at a, at a Newport. Um, because I'd gone to military prep school and figured, hey, I need a couple of years off here to actually see what's being life's like because I knew I was going to go back in the military. Um, uh, let's go to Davos. Mickey Sherman, yeah. who's a Naval Academy graduate, uh, right. he was a helicopter pilot, 
uh, very, very highly thought of as, you know, a rising star in the Democratic Party. She went, she was out of bounds and her talking about MAGA and talking about America first and calling us extremists, you know, 74 million people that voted for President Trump. And uh, but I think there's something that seeped into the academy that's even worse than wokeness. This is why I think the military is in a, 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 a very difficult place. The, the officer corps, particularly the senior officer corps, have had to kowtow to the politically correct woke uh, ideology of the globalist and really have become the, some of the leaders in pitching globalism and, and, and specifically not thinking about America first uh, in, in their mindset. I think the academies have a bigger, have a huge problem. It really, it was Mickey Sherrill and others of the academy talking about this in the country, and you see him on MSNBC, really going after in the most vicious way possible the Trump movement and 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 Trump who are made up, you know, I don't say principally or primarily, but with tons of veterans and active duty military, uh, just trashing them in a in a in a vicious way. I think the academies have a big. I think the, the DoD has a huge problem. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you can't get a bigger hawk than Steve Bannon. I, I'm the leader of the consider the super hawks by the Washington Post book on the CCP that does not believe the CCP is a legitimate government. It has to be taken down. And in that, I still believe that the Defense Department has to have a hundred billion dollar cut in its budget. And we need to think about fifth generation warfare and really modern unrestricted warfare in a sophisticated manner, not just kind of the the same 20th century a kinetic war that clearly is uh, has taken over people. But I think your reporting has really uh, enlightened a lot of people. It's quite frankly, it's enlightened me. I didn't realize the problems at the academy. Mo kept telling me, he said, hey, dad, mm -hmm. it's a lot more woke than you think, mm -hmm. but it's very disturbing and something's got to change. It has to change in the Pentagon. And I think having Gates and other people like that now in armed services in leadership positions, you're going to start seeing some changes, changes in personnel, changes in attitude. It's one of the reasons I was so adamant about the omnibus not being passed. I said, look, yeah. the budget's out of control, but it's so many woke programs in there right now that have to be taken out or we're not really going to have a military that's combat ready to, to do what the nation needs to have it uh, needs to have done at the moment it needs to have done, like in the South China Sea, like in the Straits of Taiwan, right. and like in the defense, breaking, breaking of an air or naval blockade of Taiwan or defending against an amphibious assault by the PLA. So I think it's... Uh, it's incumbent, but no, I think uh, it, it, the vaccines and we won one thing, but I thought it was, you know, I thought it was it, it treated as much too big a deal that, oh, you got the vaccines off. I said, well, hold it. That First of all, we didn't take care of any of the guys that right, had, exactly. the careers have been ruined, any of the back pay. It was really a sop. And here's why it was so it was so indefensible for the pharmaceutical companies. It was going to be dropped anyway. So I'm not trying to denigrate it. But it was just a tiny piece of something we had to go in much bigger. Well, you, you've had Sasha Latipova on your program before. We've interviewed her like 10 times. I mean, she broke it that this was all a DOD operation. Uh, that, and, you know, they did a bait and switch where they, they said, OK, you can the BioNTech's approved, but the you know Pfizer wasn't. But you can't get the BioNTech, so we're going to give you the Pfizer because it's all the same. But essentially, and that was to use the EA, you know, emergency use, um, you know, wrapper. But they illegally gave these people the shots. And now you've got troops that are worried about, you know, if, if we're going out, working out hard in the in ranger school, you know, we're going to drop dead of a heart attack. So there has to be some kind of medical response to maybe scan these guys and give them some peace of mind and, and hold these leaders accountable. I think you have to go through 
uh, systematically on, yeah. on people that were forced to take it. Also, I think it's accountability. I mean, we exactly. got, not, but look, when you talk about DOD's involvement, mm -hmm. you have to get into, we're going to have to be some very unpleasant uh, investigations uh, into not just Fauci, but 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 in Fauci's role in Wuhan and University of North Carolina, University of Texas at Galveston, we have to also go into DOD programs that were uh, coming out of the weapons labs and what exactly has been happening and the China and the involvement of DOD and other uh, contractors and vendors with the Chinese Communist Party and the PLA. This all this all has to come out, and I think I I don't know if Gallagher's select committee on on China is where it's going to be, or other parts of oversight, or whoever if it's Comer or whoever decides to take on the Fauci part of this, but that's got to be a big part of it. D D Look, DOD, the national security state and the biomedical security state are central parts of, with the add to the intelligence apparatus, are central parts of what we call the administrative state. Mm -hmm. And that is what the debt ceiling fight's all about. You have a Leviathan that is grown far beyond what anybody thought. And this is more than, the swamp's too cutesy a term for it. It's more than talking about bureaucrats or, you know, waste, fraud, and abuse. It is it is totally different than that. This is a fourth branch of government, never thought of by the founders whatsoever, that control what actually happens in the United States. And there, and you see in Davos, Chris Ray's over there. Chris Ray is bragging about, uh, talking about, even with all the Twitter files coming out, he's, or some have come out, talking about further uh, working public-private partnerships with big tech, because he's saying, hey, tech is so far advanced of where the government is in surveillance in, in surveillance and control that we need to be in business with them. So it's not that they're trying to hide it. They're up in your grill with as much yeah. pressure as Chris Ray should be under. I think he should be fired. I Look, I'm banned for Twitter uh, for life, I think it is, because of uh, on the laptop from hell. I've never had a Twitter account. Right, know, right, right. Bart, he was huge Trump, obviously. Those are the two kings of Twitter at the time. I've never believed in Twitter because I think they take your economics. I mean, they don't give you warrants. They don't give you these time. They, they, they take everything from you. You get no financial reward at all. That's why I've been adamantly opposed to it. We did have, I think, a war room account that put up clips from the show. I was taken down for mm -hmm. saying metaphorically, Fauci and Ray's heads have to be on pikes. And I said it about things that are coming to light today of exactly what Chris Ray did as the FBI director and exactly what Tony Fauci did. So this is going to play out. And I would just tell your audience, you're going to have to understand the details of what's going to go on in these investigations. And you certainly have to have the backs of people because the fights we're going to have to cut $75 billion or $100 billion out of the defense budget to uh, really start to take apart the administrative state, to cut off the funding mechanism of the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. These are the central issues that we're going to be uh, confronted with here very, very quickly. So last question. Uh, you're on the Georgia 24 show, uh, you know, focusing on the next cycle any word for the people of georgia who are watching well trump won okay trump won in in 2020 right i i, I don't believe the results and i just mathematically cannot believe the results of certain of your primaries you've got a massive problem there it's a great state when i when i also talk about uh as i did on the show today and in, in talking to ronna mcdaniel about states like tennessee and texas and uh and uh in arizona three of the and i call top tier MAGA states are Florida, Ohio, Tennessee, Texas, and Arizona. And the reason I don't include Georgia in there, it's not the it's not the Trump movement or the base in Georgia. It's this it's this establishment elite of the financial and business interest yeah. in, in, in Georgia that control your party with an iron grip. 
there's not, I wish we had an easy solution. You're just going to have to turf this out committee meeting by committee meeting and, and, and convention by convention. And they're always going to throw up roadblocks. Right. And you've seen this across the country. You know, today, I think in, in Florida, I haven't gotten a full report, but I think Anthony Sabatini and the people there weren't able to, to, to win. The well, they didn't get a quorum, but they had 71 people show up and it's they amazing. got a super majority of that. Yeah, so, super majority yeah. of that. My point is the establishment's always going to chop block you in every way to get power. Remember, this mm -hmm. is about money, power and control. And right now, and particularly in, in the South, uh, you know, my beloved South in places like Georgia and in South Carolina and in Mississippi and in Alabama and to a degree in Florida, they still want to control it with an iron grip and they're not going to give it up. So I think yeah. in Georgia for the Patriots there, it's going to be committee meeting committee meeting, and they're going to they're going to make it more difficult. They're going to do things at the convention. There's no easy solution, but that therein lies the salvation of the country until we start taking these things over. And, and that changes, you know, how primaries are run. You're going to see better candidates come forward. I mean, quite frankly, as many uh, as many uh, people, uh, representatives in Georgia that supported McCarthy right from the beginning in this historic fight, when so much good came from it, I think mm -hmm. it, it shows you right there. So it's uh, Georgia with being a massive Trump state. And I think having a big victory in uh, in 2020, you've got a tough fight ahead of you. But to save the country, it's going to take, uh, you know, people have, you know, and we get people on here about Davos and all these big picture things. This is where the rubber meets the road. And look, sure. folks in Georgia should know in 2024, you've got massive fights in in Arizona. You've got massive fights in Texas. You've got in Indiana, South Dakota, Florida. You can go across the country. Don't think that you're an exception. I think in Georgia, it's a little because Atlanta is such a, global it's a little special. <laughs> it's special because Atlanta is 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 the South's true global city, not Miami. It's in not mm -hmm. Dallas. It, it is and not my beloved Richmond. It, it's Atlanta's a global city. So you've got the power of Davos all over you. And I think that you guys have a, are in a tougher situation. But your brethren throughout the country, I mean, literally every day on the war room, we could do nothing but have grassroots up sure. here. We try to curate it and have, you know, a couple, at least a couple of week on the big fights, like in South Dakota last weekend. Uh, but so, folks, it's very simple. You've got the numbers. But now the leadership of the grassroots movement are going to are going to just have to to drive this. And I would love to be able to tell you that it's going to be easy. It's not. And they're going to yeah. every block. But if the country is to be saved, it's going to be saved in the peach state at these committee meetings. Steve, thanks for giving some time to the Georgia 2024 show. Take care. By the way, thank you. And all everything you're doing over at uh, CD Media is amazing. The different sites, the information, the stories you break, and particularly uh, this, your, at least I see your specialty is this great work you're doing on the military. And what you've done about the service academies, whether it's Air Force Academy or or West Point of the Naval Academy, has been extraordinary. And this is a massive issue. And I understand the Patriots in Georgia you can't get any more patriotic than the folks down there. So, Todd, you guys are doing a great job. Honored to be on here. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Thanks, brother. Thank Bye. you for having me. Great conversation with Steve. I really enjoyed that. And uh, before we get to our next guest, I want to say that uh, we have, speaking of the military, Hold on, get rid of that call. I would like to say that uh, speaking of the military, armedforcespress.press is our new site. And we have uh, some really good merch there. So if you want to look good in the gym and get gains in style, go to armedforces.press and check out our merch and check out all of our uh, products there uh, and look good in the gym. 
So I'm going to bring on now Holly Ture, who is with No Left Turn in Education. Hi, Holly. Hi, how are you? Ah, busy day. Always a live show is interesting. Uh, thank you for being patient and oh, uh, for understanding me. for uh, our chaos. But so tell me, you're with the leadership of No Left Turn and in, in you're uh, active in Georgia. So tell us about the organization first and, and what you guys are all about. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, no Left Turn in Education is a uh, national organization. We have over 60 chapters all over the country, and it is rapidly growing. Georgia is one of our most active states. Um, we have numerous chapters here in Georgia. Um, so I serve uh, on the national board for No Left Turn in Education and also leadership in Georgia. Um, and we're doing a lot of great work um, just to give you just a quick snapshot of some of the things that we've been doing in Georgia um, through No Left Turn Education. We, you know, last session we had a model bill um, in regards to critical race theory in our schools, and we engaged with our lawmakers and advocated um, for uh, transparency, parents' rights bills, anti-CRT bills. Um, it's very important to our organization that our children are not indoctrinated with these anti-God, anti-American um, theologies mm -hmm. and doctrines. Um, so we are taking those issues head on. Um, so that's one of the core components, but ultimately it all goes back to parents' rights. Um, these children belong to us. They don't belong to the government. And it is up to us to decide how we mold and shape and grow our children in these different um, ideologies. Um and so it's very personal to me. Um, I have four children. They're mm. first generation. My husband is from Romania. Ah, <clears throat> and so knowing that, um, you know, my father-in-law risked his life, not once, not twice, but three times to bring his family to this country, um, you know, I feel such a sense of responsibility to make mm -hmm. sure that, you know, one, this is still a country that is worth risking your life to come to. Um, because without here, where else is there to go? Yeah, there's nowhere. Um, yeah. But number two, I refuse to let anyone tell my children that just because of the tone of their skin, they are oppressors, um, especially when their lineage is so deeply rooted in real oppression. Yeah. So to see, you know, um, what's happening in, Georg in Georgia and across the nation in our public K through 12 educational system where they're indoctrinating our children to believe that this is a country that's not worth defending, it's not worth fighting for, um, and it's not worth um, protecting. Uh, so it's, it's personal with all that backstory I just gave. And so yeah. I really, really, um, you know, latched on to No Left Turn and their mission and their goals to really uplift and highlight and um, promote parental rights, but also, um, you know, a pro-American, um, a pro-family first, a pro, you know, all of these things that just makes um, the foundation of our country what it is today. Um, and I want to preserve that. And um, so does everyone else at No Left Turn. So, yeah, the, the Eastern European families, either your first or second generation, definitely have that, uh, you know, I've noticed whether it's from, you know, Romania or, or Russia or Ukraine or Moldova or, you know, even the Eastern Bloc countries um, definitely have that focus. And that's where the energy is coming from. So that's a beautiful thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we need to 
we need to continue that and, and continue to, to help get that word out. So thank you. So tell us that we had a big incident in Georgia this week with Project Veritas, kind of a reveal. What is No Left's Turn's thoughts and uh, reaction to what came out uh, in the state? Yeah. So um, while, you know, it was probably considered a bombshell drop to a mm -hmm. lot of mm -hmm. people, for mm -hmm. us in No Left Turn Education, it wasn't anything <laughs> too shocking. <laughs> right. You've seen it <laughs> you all. Know? Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, we see um, these types of private public partnerships um, happening all over the state, um, mm -hmm. surely all over the country. Um, and we know firsthand that things like critical race theory, which was highlighted in the Project Veritas drop, um, is most definitely making its way into our school districts through professional development, um, which is what uh, Teaching Lab is a part of or, or provides. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as some of the aligned curriculum um, that usually partners with the professional development. So we've seen it. I, I like to explain it as like, you know, a pig in a dress and lipstick. It's still yeah. the same pig. I mean, so they dress it up and, it, and revamp it, maybe tweak some of the buzzwords and change the name. You know, yeah, yeah, but it, it is all the same. And ultimately, all roads lead back to this very, um, well, I would say lead back to the UN and lead mm -hmm. back to, you know, earlier you guys were talking about Davos and mm -hmm. um, uh, the World Economic Forum and all that. I mean, all of those things are playing a heavy hand into what we are seeing in our schools right now. Um, and and also you go back to um, a lot of this is uh, being promoted and picked up through the CDC's um whole child model, which I'm not familiar. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with. No, but. go into that because, you know, we're special in Georgia because we have the CDC. So yes. tell us about that. <laughs> so um, I encourage everyone to go on the CDC's website and look up the whole child model. It was one of um, Obama's initiatives that was put into place under him. Um, and it is this concept that basically um, that the government um, the powers that be is to infiltrate every area of the child's life. So mm -hmm. it's not, not just in the schools, but it's also in your community as a whole, as and anywhere that the child would go, as well as within your own home. Mm -hmm. um, so they present it as though uh, it's very resourceful. And there's so many different um, components like mental health and, um, you know, different resources. Um, but ultimately, it is fluffy, flowery words that is hiding um, the true agenda of just complete and total overreach um, mm -hmm. and overriding of parental rights. So it's kind of like poor, poor moms, poor dads, let's come in and we're here to help you. And we're going to give you everything that you need, not just at school, but you know, before school, after school, we'll even come to your home. Oh, does your child, is, are they struggling mentally? We can bring mental health professionals into the school. Um, we can do all of these things because we want to um, reach the whole child. So it's no longer we want to make sure your child is academically successful. Now we want to be a part of the inner workings of that child and, and the corners wow. of the mind of a child that I really believe are reserved to the parents, um, to the home. I'm pretty knowledgeable about all this stuff, and I'd never heard of that. So that's thank you for bringing that up. 
Yes. So I would, any, anything that you're seeing unfolding in our schools is go back to the CDC whole child model. Mm -hmm. And then of course, that is definitely something that is being propagated and promoted through, you know, WEF, UN and so on. And the CDC has taken power that it really doesn't have. I mean, it didn't have power to lock down the country. It was, it's an advisory body. So yeah, uh, people, people need to be aware of that. So talk to us about uh, what kind of events or initiatives No Left Turn has going on in Georgia. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we work very closely at the Capitol with our lawmakers, like I said, advocating and promoting different bills. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to see some things happen last session with um, parental rights, uh, anti-CRT bill, transparency bill. Um, we're really um, encouraging our lawmakers to tighten up some of those bills especially after what we saw at the Project Veritas drop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right now, um, like our anti-CRT bill doesn't cover supplemental resources or Mm -hmm. supplemental curriculum. So something like professional development, um, you know, there's not much that parents or even teachers can do with the way the bill is written. So we need to expand on how, on those avenues as to how, um, you know, CRT, and honestly, I think we should go beyond CRT. We're now seeing this massive boom of gender theory um, mm-hmm. that is exploding in our schools as well. Um, so we want to we want to work with our lawmakers in Georgia about that. But um, last year, we also were able to get a math equity toolkit that was on the Georgia State DOE website mm-hmm. removed. Um, for those that aren't aware, um, you know. Apparently, math can be racist now, <laughs> and apparently there can be more than one answer to um, this new equitable form of math. And I don't know about you, but I don't know that I would want like my pilot or my surgeon or I mean any other right. a professional, you know, coming from you know the CRT based math that they're now um, you know doing in the schools. Um, So, but we were able to get that removed. And we also uh, worked with the governor's office um, to get the RISA CRT trainings that took place in 2021 to um, get those out of our schools and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, As well as Fulton County Public Schools was uh, in the process of implementing, I think it was math tutoring. Mm -hmm. um, And they were going to provide it only to children of color. So we were able to shut that down and make sure that all students, despite um, the level of melanin in their skin, were able to get the the appropriate accommodations that they needed as well. Um, And so, you know, just looking at what we've accomplished last session and moving into this session, um, we've learned a lot as far as, um, you know, the way some of these bills are written and, just how they're manipulating and -hmm. working around it. We know that that was confirmed by the Project Veritas drop. This gentleman was literally saying everything that we had been saying over and over again. And, um, but we have to have very clear, concise and strong bills to protect our children. Because if you remember in that, in that drop, there was such a, a a wordplay, you know, when they're having that exchange and, when definitions are constantly changing and things don't mean what they used to mean or they can mean whatever it means to you, whatever it means to me, then it it makes legislation actually quite difficult to to sure, put because together. They can manip- if, manipulate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. How so can people help yeah. no left turn? 
Um, so some of the ways you can help us is number one, find us on Facebook. We have a national Facebook group, and then we have one for each state. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have sub chapters in, in those states. Um, so here in Georgia, we are very active in Fulton, Cobb, Gwinnett County, Savannah, Chatham, um, DeKalb. Um, we have some some other ones up in northern. And you have like eleven Georgia. chapters in Georgia, right? Yes. I mean, it, this yes. is your main one of your main states. It is. Yeah. And um, so find us on social media, but then of course we're always looking for parents that are willing to stand up, start a chapter, um, mm -hmm. and get involved. And what I think makes No Left Turn Education so special and and different from a lot of grassroots groups is that it really is parent led. It really is. Let us give you the tools and the resources that you mm -hmm. need so you can advocate for your community and the children in that in that community, um, because you you know best. Um, so we don't come in and try to completely like take over or dictate um, how you want to. We want to just support, give you the resources, give you the tools, give you the platforms. Right. Um, and another way you can um, get involved with No Left Turn is we have a lot of great or, uh, events going on across the state um, all the time. We do a um, a large conference here in Georgia every year. Um, we'll have one later this year as well. Um, but we're not hard to find. We are always looking for people that are willing to stand up and work alongside us. Um, and I mean, really... <sighs> Georgia is ripe for the picking, unfortunately, and we need we need a lot of help and a lot of support to combat what we're seeing here in this state. And your founder, uh, Elena Fishbane, is going to be at our event in Miami on February 16th. So if you're in the Miami area, we're going to be discussing how to protect children uh, from medical education in multiple different standpoints. We've got a great lineup. You can find us on the Miami Independent and get tickets there. But thank you, Holly, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. We'll have you back. Take care. Absolutely. Bye. Before we bring in our uh, Go Reclaim Georgia guys, uh, my pillow is having a massive sale because of uh, the, the inventory that was built up over Christmas, the retail season. Go there, use promo code CDM. I'm sure you have a, a bride who needs her house warming present or a registry or gifts or uh, birthdays coming up, graduations. Don't buy at the big box retailers. Of course, Bed Bath & Beyond is going out of business. Uh, because they pushed Mike Lindell out, but Mike has over 600 products. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code CDM for the best discounts and support free media and uh, and, and support Mike because he's putting all this money back in the fight. With that, I'm going to bring in Susan and Sarah again. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming back on again. Really appreciate your continued vigilance on this issue. So, uh, Sarah, you this time, what's going on with the convention call issue? So... We, what we're going to do today is share mm -hmm. kind of an update with you on what mm -hmm. we're seeing on the ground and then give some some support, more support to the to Georgians on the ground to equip them. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to let uh, Susan go ahead and start off with, with Fulton County situation, what she's seen and monitoring in one of the largest counties in our state, Fulton County, which is a lot of Atlanta with a northern section and a southern section with a skinny part in the middle <laughs> kind of going up there. So go ahead, Susan. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, it's kind of a weekly um, update from where we touched on last. Very interesting. So um, as a committee member, I received an email. And I just think um, talking about it specifically, the, the heading that came from our chairman of Fulton County, the heading was, 
the subject line, meeting location vote. Indeed, what it really was, was a request to suspend the rules of our party. It wow. said verbatim, per Georgia GOP rule 9.2A, requiring approval of the plan, blah, 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 blah. This is a request to ratify the blah, blah, blah. So the point being, he suspends the rules unitarily or the leadership. And then they send an email to the committee who was supposed to be have a arrangement and planning and he has he said he, he shades it at meeting location so he says per georgia rule 92 requiring the approval of the plan but he completely ignores rule 91e that he should call a meeting. so rather than right. read point that i'm trying to make here is just the um deception that goes on. So we never met. We never had anything to say about anything we're supposed to. And then they come back to us, the leadership, selected leadership, and say, ratify what we did in a corner without your knowledge. So that's right. where we're at. We're seeing to that around the country. I mean, they tried to do this in South Dakota. I don't know how it ended up, but, you know, very similar type situations where they're amending the bylaws, et cetera, um, to prevent <laughs> grassroots involvement, right? Yeah. So we were supposed to be there. We're not. And now he's saying, it's okay you weren't there this is what we decided ratified make so you know completely out the rules so also in terms of what we're seeing and verified this week in full this is just fulton county and similar mm -hmm. things that are happening throughout the state is um this has to do with notice deadline okay we've talked about that on your show before they're mm -hmm. woefully past any kind of appropriate notification and mm -hmm. also against the rules notification. So just the way what we're seeing how it works is um, the notification is on the first few two and a half pages of the official state call, which is the rules mm -hmm. and the convention. So they summarize it and the intent is to have the notification out by the 17th. But if you go further into the document and the page six, which is a cut and a paste from the state rules, it mentions you can have 15 days prior to, to right. notify. The point is, without reading things and people looking at material, it's just a very deceptive way and manipulation to do things. So with that said, um, I also, I think it speaks a thousand words if you were to go to our website as hour ago and you would see the coming soon convention sprawled across and again this is the biggest event we have and it's who's going to run you know for the presidential election who's going to do all the footwork mm -hmm. and then to a good example of a welcoming county like Cobb County and you'll see things spread all over about um, precinct training convention training so it It'd be an interesting exercise for anybody to see. So what we're saying that we're experiencing suppression in that, it just is right there on the website. Just go look at it and see how welcome, you know, the welcome map that you were So that's just a quick county update. And then, you know, we can, we can talk about, um, we don't want people to be discouraged because by the same token, we're giving them information, but we want them not to be discouraged. We want them, an analogy might be something like if you have a school district and you have mm -hmm. only two schools your kids can go to, um, the second one is completely unacceptable.
people. The first one is all messed up. What are your, you know, what are your options? Are you going to go in there and try to, or are you just going to keep let your child not go to school or something? That's an analogy. Right. That came up. So, so where does it stand at this point? Have you guys made progress getting people ready for this cycle, or wh where are you? Um, yeah, so that's the second part of our um, um, our sharing free. Are you on a time hack? Talk? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you mind if I go ahead and do my report from sure. the South and sure. then we tell you, we answer your question sure. because we have some great updates. Um, it's high energy mm -hmm. right now with everybody I share. It's like eyes are opening and ears are open. It's so exciting. People are like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I never knew about this. And I mean, I was at church this morning and I had my, um, I'll share some of the other things, but, um, I, and I, I'm sharing. So the energy is high, but still there are issues. And in the mm -hmm. South, there are two issues I'll just feature really quickly. One is um, it's getting around Bullet County that our, our uh, executives want to take complete control of our party, which we discussed before. Mm -hmm. And I shared that this morning with a gentleman and I said, they want us to vote to make them the ruling five people for the whole county. And oh, by the way, they suppress the precincts below 50% for the past two years. And he was like, mm -hmm. no, that's not going to happen. We're not going to let them do that. And I was mm -hmm. like, thank you. <laughs> um, and, and so mm -hmm. that means we need the numbers. And then, um, the, so we need to flip that out, reject authoritarianism on its face, um, reject the idea that open nominations have to be you know, we're going to have to deal with that. We'll deal with that later. Another big, huge thing in, in the South, and I shared this with you before, is that they have identified in Chatham County who they want to run as the chairman of Chatham County. And her name is Aida mm -hmm. Yusuf Shahada. She goes by Aida Ali. And mm -hmm. she is, um, I was notified by an investigator Friday that um, by, by email that um, they, she's been under investigation for a year. Um, actually, technically she should have been under investigation for two years because I noted her voting at a different precinct as a poll worker in January of 2021. And I did report that to investigator Glenn Archie um, in January, 2021. They didn't do anything. Um, January, 2022 is when she was reported again um, for voting out of precinct um, five times or five federal elections, seven years by public record. And so I was so that's still ongoing. It's not finished yet. Uh, there hasn't been the final hearing yet for the state election board. We don't know if she's going to be protected by Kemp. I mean, they mm -hmm. put her on the Georgia Commission for Women, Governor mm -hmm. or Lieutenant Lieutenant Governor. Um, Jeff Duncan put him so she's being uh, like kind of like a poster child for diversity in a way. Mm -hmm. She does mm -hmm. have a Middle Eastern background. She looks different. Mm -hmm. She has she speaks a different language. Mm -hmm. She has a minority religion. You know, so she is being. It appears that she's being used as a diversity uh, card for the party, and she's um, so people are very worried. But the problem is, Todd, is that. She's very sly and she's very convincing. She's a good politician and people really believe that she is. Um, but the facts good. are she's she's been voting somewhere else out of where she resides. Is that correct? 
different precinct. Yes, that's yeah. not where her residence is. And in the state of Georgia, we have 60 days. When we moved counties, we had 60 days to change your driver's license. And I updated mm -hmm. my voter's registration within 60 days. She mm -hmm. went six years. And then also, um, I've also told you that she uh, is a active Florida voter. And I, I did check, she did update that. She's not coming up anymore. But when the investigation was filed in January of last year, she had held an active Florida Democrat uh, registration for 20 years, since mm -hmm. 2002. So that's 20 years. So those are just the facts. And do you, do you have any proof that she voted in Miami while she was in Georgia? I do not. Okay. Um, I got the reports back to 2008 and it didn't mm -hmm. pop up, but I don't have the reports from 2002 to 2008 that would require a deeper, I would have to pay for that, mm -hmm. but I don't, that's, that's yet to be determined, but it's, it's definitely not a good move for Chatham. In my opinion, she came into the convention out, out of line and they didn't catch her. She was in credentialing mm -hmm. and they didn't, she didn't catch herself, of course, you know, uh, so those are just the two updates um, that we see of real concern. They're the mm -hmm. largest county down here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else, Susan? Go ahead. Yeah. It's part of the bigger issue that we want to continue to unveil these things, mostly um, to help other people understand when they think they have that little voice in the back of their head thinking, this is right and this doesn't look right, that they understand what's happening around the state and they're, if it does well, if it doesn't look right, it probably might not be right. And just for encouragement that way. And also for the people that are like, I'm sick of the party. I don't want anything to do with the party. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of that. And these are my conservative friends, family. We, we're trying to help them understand it's them. If, you know, they need to be the change. So we, yes, we understand you're sick of it. We're sick of it too. Whether it's this gal that Sarah's talking about or who I'm dealing with in Fulton, who others are dealing with around the state. We're all sick of it. We want to bring integrity back to the party. We want it to be a principal party. There's a big group of us. And the only way it's going to happen is the same old chant we've been saying is if, if you're sick of it and you think you're unqualified and you're just a normal person, you're exactly who we want at the precinct meeting on February the 11th or March the 11th for the smaller counties. You're exactly who we need to change. Well, you know, people tell me that all the time and we get all kind of emails and feedback and, you know, I'm sick of it. I'm giving up. I'll never vote again. And I say, okay, go look at your granddaughter and tell me that. Exactly. You know, uh, that is the only, I mean, what are you talking about? You're going to give up? Well, I mean, that, is only, that makes me very angry when I hear that. It's the only reason I'm here. I'm, I'm, I don't, yeah. I'm not shocked. I'm almost 70 years old. You know, mm -hmm. I, I might not be around for the worst of it, but I'm exactly, I have seven grandchildren and there mm -hmm. is no way I'm going to just sit back and say, sorry, folks. So we don't have a choice. And just like the mm -hmm. analogy the school district, it's, it, I mean, really the one, we only have the two parties. Yes, mm -hmm. that's not true, but in terms of viability and really making a difference, I mean, you can, that's your choice, sit on the couch or not, but we're, mm -hmm. we're not, we're trying to give people at Go Reclaim Georgia um, options and education, and and we've just got a new video coming out probably tomorrow or within 48 hours about uh, parliamentary procedure. We have um, the parliamentarians from Cobb GOP and Cherokee GOP. Between them, they have I don't know 70 years or something of experience. They're highly qualified. We'll have that training on our, our site because that's how the future meetings or how all the meetings are run. But like uh, I just want a word of encouragement. If you're if you're sick of it and you feel like you're just an ordinary person, 
you're exactly who we want. You're exactly who needs to be there. Sarah, do you have anything else that you wanted to say? Yes, thank you. So just mm -hmm. to support the grassroots, we have some great resources. We mm -hmm. have these postcards on our site. You can print them out. And this is what I've been using. I printed out 500 of them. Mm -hmm. And at church, like I shared a couple, I put my um, my phone number at the bottom. There's a space at the bottom and you can put the location at the back. And uh, share them everywhere you go. You're going to find people and the actual allocations. I would encourage everybody. If you're, if you're in a Georgia County, go calculate your, the number that you have uh, seats you have in your precinct. Like, I, I mean, I'm like 51 or bust, you know, we have 51 spots. Uh, Brooklyn has 38 Statesboro has 38. So we, we have a goal, you know, we're goal oriented. Mm -hmm people and everyone I talk to is those are the people I'm looking for winners so that also we have um the press release that was in the article on CD media recently mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so that was in the article uh describing the just in time to overcome some of the Republican suppression let's go kind of attitude and then um just to tag team um Susan's comment about parliamentarians it's not too early to start reaching out for parliamentary support people to look at your bylaws. And I personally reached out to parliamentarians.org this, this week, and they are an amazing team of people. I got several replies back out of state. So, you know, people that are more in the weeds with looking at some of those issues in preparation, uh, those are just some resources. And we're so excited about our turnout. And we know people are going to be very strong. Well, it doesn't hurt anyone to read up on Robert's Rules of Order, that's for sure, and get smart on how to, to deal with these conventions. Well, uh, ladies, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, come back next week if there's... The convention is when? When, when is the convention? The, the, the precinct caucus, the, the first step is February 11th at 10 o'clock, unless you're mm -hmm. a very smaller county at 1,000 or under, it's March the 11th at 10 o'clock. And the website again, Sarah? Yes, it's go reclaim ga.org. And if you write out Georgia, you're going to get there too, or .com. So okay. go reclaim ga, go and visit, go reach out to us, send us a message, and we'll do our very best to get back to you. Thanks so much. Thank Talk you, Chad. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining uh, the Georgia 2024 show. We're going to uh, be very impactful this year. You're going to see a lot of changes at the Georgia record. In fact, you already have. Check out the new site. Uh, send us your comments. We have a tip line. We're all about uh, helping Georgia rid itself of this corruption. Until next week, uh, thank you again.